Welcome back to Healthy Moments Radio. It's a new year, new step. Even if you didn't do any of the tips last year, 2016, brand new year. It could be your year. We were in replay for a little bit, but we're back. It's the top of the year. I didn't even beat you up on January 1st because in changing your lifestyle, it's about that, changing your lifestyle. It's not about making a promise, a New Year's resolution. It's about being serious. It's keeping my doctor off my back. So in 2015, we brought you a host of shows, and we're back in 2016. We're going to be talking about some fun things. We're going to have some guests on. We're going to have folks talking about what their journey was like, what they did, because we're a community. We have to have each other's back. We have to make sure that we are communicating. What did somebody else do? There is this guy out there, and he is called the Decadent Diabetic. And he's a diabetic. We're going to be talking to him. We're going to be talking to other people about their journeys. We're going to be bringing on some exercise experts and just a wide range of folks to share kind of some tips with you. Just remember that I am not a doctor. I am not a medical professional. This is just my sharing my journey, what I do to stay healthy, what I do to keep me from almost not being a diabetic anymore. But as we know, I'm fighting it every step of the way. And as promised this season, we're going to have lots of guests, other people sharing their journey. Or in this case, we're going to be talking with Carolyn Massey. And she's going to be sharing not her personal journey, but living with parents who had diabetes and high blood pressure. Is that what they have? So yes. Carolyn's giving me the thumbs up, but this is radio. So um, <laughs> we are going to um, ask Carolyn that again. So both of your parents have diabetes and high blood pressure? My dad was diagnosed as a diabetic in his 40s. Okay. Um, I think he had high blood pressure as he got older. My mom was diagnosed as a diabetic when she was, I think, in her late 50s, early 60s. And we think it might have been as a result of some medicine she was taking. Oh, wow. And she is a person that has high blood pressure. Okay. So do you have either of those? I have neither. Okay. So we have to worry about the risk factors because of the family history. So did by both of your parents having high blood pressure and your dad high blood pressure also? Yes. Okay. How did that affect you? As far as your health habits, diet, exercise, did it have an impact on any of that? Well, he was di- diagnosed first, and like I said, I think in his 40s, so I was a teenager. I think to some degree my mom tried to change how the family ate, right. but after a while I think she was of the opinion it was up to my dad to manage his diabetes and... Um, you know, make sure that he was eating what he should, and I would get frustrated with her because I'm thinking, if you're married and somebody gets sick and you can totally help them, even if they don't help themselves in some capacity, I totally agree. Like, why wouldn't you do that? I'm like, why is my mom doing that? I didn't understand why. Since we never discussed it, my dad continued to eat whatever my mom would make for our family, and my okay. mom was somewhat health conscious, but. Uh, we ate pretty hearty meals, especially at dinner time. Can you define hearty for us? Yeah, sometimes we'd have like fried chicken and french fries, shrimp and french fries, um, still drinking Kool-Aid, um, the white rolls, burning cheese, 
maybe a more traditional southern type of diet, candied yams. She could have definitely, I think, made some major changes without, I don't know, I think it would have benefited everybody. Yeah, I, when I got diagnosed, I think it was really important for me that people supported me in that journey, whether I needed to go exercise and I didn't want to, for someone to say, hey, let's go exercise, you need to exercise, or to support me in my food choices. Right. So you said that your dad was diagnosed when you were a teenager. Was that scary for you? Did you know a lot about high blood pressure? Oh, it was the diabetes first. I didn't know oh, a lot okay. about the diabetes, but I you know, got to know more about it. I was aware that it's chronic. I was aware that it maybe could cause complications. You right. could possibly lose, um, you know, an appendage, a toe yes. or something like that, blindness. I didn't know how serious a disease it was because I know that people can live with it for a long time until they die. Right. Um, fortunately, my dad never had any complications as a result of his diabetes or his, uh, or his uh, um, high blood pressure. But uh, yeah, it was it was like it was kind of odd. I uh, made my own food choices okay. at some point for some reason I can't even remember why. Okay, I was going to ask that. How did that? How, how did that color <coughs> your your eating habits then and now? So then it didn't change my eating habits. Okay. I still ate whatever, you know, my mom provided. Right. And um, I, I liked what she was offering. It was okay. good food. Okay. But I think, at, you know, well after college, I became much more aware that I could eat better quality food. Okay. That was important to me, like eating organic foods, eating uh, things that weren't so heavy. Although right. I liked them, I never, you know, got rid of that urge. But right. I realize you just can't eat like that all the time, maybe once in a while. So with those choices in your diet, were they, were they motivated by... Just self-motivation, really. Okay, but what and was not it? not so much because of my dad and my mom being a diabetic. I don't think it's just my own... I just became aware of that I wanted to, to eat differently. Right. Eat better, but also eat good food because I like food. Okay. So that's kind of a challenge for me. You know, eat good food and eat like maybe really fancy foods sometimes. Right. Yeah, which can be really high in calories, especially if you go out to, you know, certain restaurants. Right. And I also decided to exercise. Okay. And uh, I ride a bicycle, and I try to ride it as much as I can. And, and, I and where the did the exercise, the, where, where was that born from? Was it I health, always, healthy? Um, yeah, I was always active as a child. I played sports in school. Um, junior high school, high school, I was on the track team. I played volleyball, a little bit of basketball. And in college, I tried out for volleyball, but I realized that my studies were probably going to consume so much of my time, and right. I didn't. But I was always just naturally active and a little bit athletic. Okay. And I always enjoyed it. I, I liked how it made me feel. Um, I went through a difficult time in my life in my early 30s and one of the ways that I helped cope with that was I started riding my bicycle again. Okay, yeah. It, it definitely relieves stress. Yeah, exercise. it does. And then you feel good after you do it. Exactly. Exactly. Always feel good after you, for me, always feel good at whatever you do. Even when I have to drag myself to the gym. Right. Always. I think most of us feel better afterwards. Yeah. It's I think just the hard that. part is making your, yourself say, yeah, I'm going. Oh my, and follow through. Yeah, once you do that, you got your clothes on, you're done. You're yeah. gonna go. Although sometimes I have dressed in a bathing suit, headed out to the pool, and six <laughs> hours later I'm still working in the bathing suit because oh, really? I just never made it. So I am glad I made the changes I have made. I'm 
53 years old. Hopefully I will not become a diabetic and hopefully I will never have high blood pressure, but you don't know. I guess like, I don't know how much control I have over both of those. Um, I'm aware of it. And just for the audience, I am somebody who is overweight, but I, like I said, I'm, I really try to balance it out with what I eat, how much I eat, and trying to be as active as I can. And so are you conscious when you're eating? Um, like I know for me, if I'm going, if I have a hearty breakfast or I know I'm going out to dinner or Thanksgiving, let's say, where I know there's going to be a heavy meal at the end of the day mm -hmm. or a wedding or something, um, I try to eat healthier in the day before, before that. So that way I know I can indulge a little bit. My biggest problem is I can eat a very healthy um, breakfast and a lunch and then something triggers and I want to start snacking and I find it very comforting unfortunately to eat like potato chips candy late at night so then I really fall off the wagon for the day right so my day can be very good as far as eating habits up until a certain time of the right. day and it just all goes to pot uh, you know later in the evening so that I think is stress eating comfort eating because I you know work out of town I'm not at home so maybe subconsciously that's the way I can cope with that that's hard. It's like my brain's going, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, but I do it anyway. Yes. And I'm like, oh man, I messed up. <laughs> yeah. Do you exercise immediately after that or you no. just kind of chalk it up as it's done? It's a done deal. Because I'm out of town, I don't really get to exercise again until I come back home, maybe as early as Thursday. Extra workout in. So because you travel for work, how does that affect your eating habits? It's really difficult to eat uh, healthy mm -hmm. when you're traveling for a okay. lot of reasons. You have access to a lot more restaurants because you're, and you don't really have access to your own kitchen, your own refrigerator you've already bought. I try to, uh, I don't go to those restaurants as much as I used to, but I started going to grocery store. But the bad part about that I found is there's the bulk candy out in the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody likes bubble gum. Yes, I like bubble gum. There was a time when I would literally come home from work and just eat bubble gum for dinner. I'd eat the big gumballs. Oh my goodness! One after another. Oh my goodness! Until I had enough sugar for the night, and that was it. Wow! So I've broken myself of that habit. I do realize that I crave sugar. I absolutely love it, and I really try to control it. I crave that's sugar what my too. My dad did. He loved sweets. He was a sweetsaholic. He used to eat those. Uh, I think they were the one-pound Mr. Good bars that they made. Yes. I guess they still make them. He would always eat those. And my mom would say they'd go through like a five pound bag of sugar in a very short amount of time. And then, that, you know, then she saw like after they stopped doing that, that the sugar would last a long time. And she realized how much sugar right. you know, we were consuming. It's all processed sugar, so that's, you know, not really good. I go back to the diabetes. Um, so with the family history, does that, is that something that scares you? Because you could, it could fall on your lap? It doesn't scare me, but I'm aware of it. Okay. And I'm approaching the age where I think my mother got it, but like I said, I think she did because of medicine she took. And I also know when you can get to be a certain age, your health can change. Yes. Even though you can be perfectly healthy up until a certain point, and it's really nothing that you've done so much. Maybe it's the genetics that really kick in. Yes. And and that's something that my doctor told me early on that even with all the dietary changes and the diet and the exercise that genetic can still come and get me. And she wanted to make sure, not to discourage me, right. but she wanted to make me aware of the realities that you can still change your lifestyle and eat healthy, but genetic can still override that. From the moment that I learned that I can change 
my outcome, if you will. I don't have to be a diabetic. If we're putting, if we're setting aside genetics, that you don't have to be a diabetic, that you can reverse that. You can reverse the high blood pressure by diet and exercise. Mm-hmm. It motivated me to do the show. It motivated, it motivated me to make healthy choices. And don't get it twisted. I have chocolate every <laughs> single day. But I guess in moderation, that's okay. Moderation. And I will shave carbs so I don't have to have, I stop eating yogurt because it's high. I found an oatmeal that's low. I'll shave carbs off of things all day, two or three, two or three, so I can have that one piece of chocolate every day. Yeah, that's a nice way to, to manage your day. And still exactly. Get you want so you're not going to go crazy. Because you eat a lot of chocolate and you go, well, that just really messed up week. I leave room in my life for dessert. I've always saved room for dessert. Being a diabetic, I'm still able to do that. One of the guests that we're going to have on this season is the decadent diabetic. And when I first heard that name, I was like, decadent diabetic. Uh, Ward is also a diabetic, and he believes that you don't have to eat bland food to be a diabetic. Yeah, because I think if you are faced with that as your only option, I think it's too easy to fail. Yes, you are setting yourself setting yourself up, up for failure. failure. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. I do not want to be a diabetic, and I know I am in control of it to a degree. And I really should probably pay more attention to my eating habits um, and exercising. I guess I've been lucky so far, if you will. Mm-hmm. But I've made some conscious choices, and I think for the better. Like I said, exercising, I do go to the gym now right on a regular basis. Okay. Um, which is good. And I ride a bike, and I know, you know we're wintertime now, but... I'll be riding that soon, hopefully when the spring comes and the weather breaks. So there you go. Yeah. So what do you do for exercise when it's January? Well, not the January we're having now where it's 50 degrees today, but in a typical January where it's like 10 degrees outside. I uh, usually will do work inside, so do weight training. Okay. I prefer that over doing a lot of cardio in the gym. Uh, and if I understand correctly, if you you know, have a workout where you're lifting weights, you still burn calories after your workout's complete. So yeah. for me, it kind of, I, and I really enjoy lifting the weights, so I think it's something that I can continue to do. Okay. Um, I think you have to do something that works for you and you, one size doesn't fit all. Oh my goodness, Everybody exactly. It's going to find what makes them happy to make, you have to do something that's going to make you want to do it again and again and again. Okay. And, and that was my and struggle. not fight yourself with Right, it. because yeah. I'm not athletic. I was never into sports. I've never been athletic, so it was really challenging to find things that I like to do. But the diabetes motivated me to mm-hmm. find those things. So, I know it's hard to say what it could have, right. what would you do, but if you found out right now that you had diabetes. I think I'd be depressed a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then, probably go through a... A series of emotions, depression, um, like, oh, no, me too. Yeah, it's, it scared the bejesus yeah. out of me. Literally, I was just, what can I eat? Mm-hmm. You literally don't want to consume anything because you're getting educated, you're finding out about it, everything you thought you knew about it, but it literally was a period of being afraid to eat and being scared as crap. Remembering my parents had diabetes, my mom had diabetes, and watching her take insulin. Um, yeah, I don't want to get, I never would never want to do that. My mom uses uh, a needle every day to inject insulin into her mm-hmm. body. My dad was the same way. I don't want to do that. I think it would just be too depressing. Right. You know, so I'm going to do whatever I can not to 
get to that point. There you go. And that's what I say. I am not taking this lying down. Yeah. Genetics can still go and get me, but before it comes, I'm fighting it every day, all day, to do what I have to do. And I know people that have diabetes that have gotten to the point where with just um, changing their diet and their exercise, they no longer have to take insulin. Yes. Which yes. Which is very it's encouraging. A, it's yeah. a totally reversible disease. Yeah. It is not your mother's high, di- not your mother's, but the expression is not your mother's diabetes and high blood pressure. These right. diseases are controllable. They're reversible. Um, and that's how I can train. That's how I control it. And that's the motivation for doing this show is to helping people, help people understand that you don't have to be. And I think it's important to share stories like yours of having parents that had it and how that colors your life. So, Carolyn, any final words? Don't give up. Your health is important. And uh, for some of us, it might be easier to make the changes and stick to them. And for others, it might be a little more challenging. But if that's the case, I would just say don't give up because once you do, it's probably very easy to go down that slippery slope and find yourself... um, kind of in a pickle where it's really difficult to get back to, um, you know, some sort of state of good health. Very good. And diabetes, I mean, you can lose your eyesight, you can lose limbs. You have the nerve, diabetic nerve yes, damage. Yes, yes. I mean, it is just, it's really scary. Yeah. Very, very scary. Well, I thank you for appearing on Healthy Moments. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on your show, Renee. Thank you, Carolyn. You've been listening to Healthy Moments with your host, Renee Norris-Jones, here on GTownRadio.com. Please remember to always, always, always check in with your health professional before making any dietary changes and before starting any exercise routines. I look forward to our next segment where I'll share, share more information about my journey to becoming a healthier me and towards you becoming a healthier you. Until then, here's to good health.